your Bibles with me to 2 Kings 24, 2 Kings 24 tonight, and if you'll remember with me, Pharaoh Necho has killed, defeated Josiah, and if you'll remember, I mean, God really has told Pharaoh Necho of Egypt to go down and help Assyria. Assyria is kind of fading out. They were the power. They God used them to take the northern tribes captive. And then he punishes them, really. I mean, because God's in control of everything. And we can't read the Bible without seeing this, that he is in control of all things. So then as they're getting weaker, Babylon is rising as a power. And God sends Egypt down to help Assyria. And they have actually, uh, uh, I think it's like a seven-year war at Carchemish, or at least there was a battle at Carchemish where Babylon defeats Assyria completely, and then seven years later, they de he defeats, Babylon defeats um, Egypt, and Pharaoh Necho doesn't go out anymore, and he's destroyed. But back to my point is that Pharaoh Necho says to Josiah, Josiah, God told me to come down and help Assyria against Babylon. And you shouldn't be coming out against God. And so he says, okay. And he walks off. He disguises himself and then comes back into battle. And he dies. And I believe myself personally that uh, it's my opinion. I can throw it out. You can throw it out if you don't like it. It's my opinion that he's a type of the church. If you remember, Josiah was revived as a person. He happened to be the king of Israel. And he begins these reforms where he's burning up everything. He's getting rid of all the false priests, all the high places. He tears down the temples that even Solomon built 300 years before. And he has this great revival in his life because of the word of God, the instruction of God, the plan of God that is written down systematically for us to understand. And he begins to do that and but but you know he doesn't listen at the end of his life. And God had already promised him he would go down to his grave in peace and he does and he did at age 39. But he should have stopped and he disguised himself. So I believe it's a picture of the church today in our modern time all around the world, maybe not in some places of persecution, but especially in America, that we have come out to fight a physical battle. And even though God is raising up the enemy, God is raising up China. God is raising up Russia. God is raising up Iran. They can't have no power except for God to allow them to have it. Exaltation doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from God Almighty. He lifts up and he tears down. It should not bother us when people rise to power. If we know Jesus. So this is happening purposefully. And what do we see the church doing? Disguising themselves. We're not out as the church to win souls and share scripture and go and make disciples. We're out trying to win political parties. We're out trying to win political races. We're involved in a physical battle in disguise. Oh, we still say we're Christians. And I'm not being mean to anybody either. If that's what you think you do, make sure you do everything by faith. Because if it's not done by faith, it is sin. 
Because if it's not done by faith, it's in unbelief. And that becomes sin. And that's how we get where we're at, is not believing God. And he's told us what he's doing. He's told us what he's going to do. And he's told us that we can see right now the signs of the time. If we will look, we know that the Gog-Magog war is being set up, Ezekiel 38. We know that Damascus is supposed to be destroyed forever. It never has been. Isaiah 17. We know that God is going to one day judge. And we see the evil on the planet where the innocent blood of children, not just abortions, but now they're mutilating them. And they expect us to follow. Demons have been released like the days of Noah. And we see that because you can't talk sense to people and they keep pushing it no matter what. And it's demonic. It's not normal. It's not natural. We can see the delusion. And yet the church disguises itself and still wants to fight for political parties instead of becoming ambassadors for Christ and involved in the ministry of reconciliation of souls. We're still out trying to get toys and see who can get the most and win. And that's plain disguise. That's all, I can't call it anything else but disguise. It's not the church that's a light on a hill saying, we know our God, we live for our God, and our God has sent us, and we have authority to speak over you. That's not what we're doing. We speak the truth in love. But where's that church at? Where's that bride at? And we all fall short, and that's why we need a Savior. So as we open up, we know that Josiah has been uh, killed. Pharaoh Nico killed him in Megiddo, of all places, the valley of Megiddo, where the final battle will be fought. As we look at this, if you go back and listen to the last lesson, we compared it to final judgment, where everything is going to be burned up by fire. What does that mean? Well, Nebuchadnezzar means Nebo is the god of fire. I mean, we see Nebuchadnezzar even involved in this from Babylon. His name means, look at this, Nebo. May Nebo protect the crown. Uh, Nebo is the god of fire, the prince of the god of mercury. Listen, it's mocking in our face. God is going to consume everything with fire. Isn't that what Josiah was just doing? He burned up everything with fire. Isn't that what God says? I promise you, I will never, ever destroy the whole earth with water again, but I will do it with fire. I'm going to burn it all up and purify it all and make it all new with fire. And then the devil comes down and, you, and God allows it. Listen to me. God is allowing it. He's not afraid. God can allow great, huge countries to come down and defeat his own people. And that's what we've seen with, with, Assyri with, excuse me, with, with uh, uh, Pharaoh Necho defeating Judah. This is the tribe that God has promised the Messiah will come from. And is God sitting around shaking going, oh boy, I hope they don't kill all of them? No, he's allowing the boundary, the border. He speaks and the water goes where it's supposed to go. He speaks and he knows exactly what he's doing and he allows his people to be taken captive and he knows what's going to happen in the future and he knows that Jesus is still going to come through the tribe of Judah but right now he's going to judge them because of the innocent blood that Manasseh spilled. 
And that's what's going on in our country today. And we think that we can pay for abortions and sex change operations all around the world and that God is not going to judge it. God is judging it. In fact, he began judging it. He's never had that thought in his heart. He's never had a thought in his heart that we would kill our babies. God is a God of life. Where would we get this from? And listen, sadly, the people we allow to rule our nation, we have to claim them. We have to claim them. They're ours. We're the ones that put them in office. I didn't vote for it. We put them in office. We're a nation that's allowing it. Look at the prophets. They always prayed, forgive us, Lord, not forgive them, Lord. We're in this together. And we should pray, forgive us, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. But we should not shut up. We should stand up and speak up because of who God is. He's a God of life. It is ugly what they're doing. And no matter what they do, we should speak up. So he burns all this stuff up. Where am I at? Chapter 24. And when he was defeated, then Pharaoh Necho made them their vassals. Remember? Their servants. So, so Judah hasn't been carried away yet, but their servants to Egypt, we're going to see. And then the, the king's son is on the throne, and they change their names. And then another king's son gets on the throne, and they change their names. And then we get to chapter 24 as we're trying to close out. we got one more chapter next week, God willing. And let's just look. Let's begin to look at what God would say. In his days, whose days? Jehoiakim. His name is actually Elikim. And Pharaoh Necho changed his name to Jehoiakim. What does tributary mean? In his days, it says tributary? Yeah. The word vassal, I think. Or not, I bet, you know, like the subtitle, or the title. Oh, yeah, subtitle doesn't count. That's me oh, yeah. throwing something in there. Okay. Don't don't count the yeah. subtitle, because I don't have subtitles that match yours. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're freaking me out. Yeah, I know. Everybody's in his different. days, it's talking about the Chronicles in the season, this season that's going on right now, times Nebuchadnezzar. And again, I just said, may Nebo protect the crown. Uh, it, 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 it's protecting the boundary of what he is defeating. Uh, Nebo means prince of gods, or Nebo is the god of fire, or prince of the god of mercury. We'll put this back on here again. And God is in complete control. He's allowing Babylon to come and take everything. And like I told you, there was seven years uh, that Babylon defeated Assyria and then Egypt in those seven years. Babylon is rising to power. God allows it with Nebuchadnezzar on the throne. He came up. Now see, he's already in control because when he defeated Egypt, Egypt owned Judah. They were their vassals, their servants. 
So now he's going to come up and he's going to do this three times. He's going to come up and he's going to put dominance upon them to let them know we are in control. And so you're seeing that on a world stage. Who's taking over? We're seeing it on a world stage and we're going, oh, and then it backs off and then it comes again. Then they back off and we're, see we're seeing that, that we are in big trouble in America. And it's because we're under judgment of God. I believe that with all my heart. You can't keep ignoring God and killing babies and doing what you want and raising up ungodly people and telling them to do whatever they want and ignoring God and think that you will not eventually reap a crop of death. You reap what you sow. So Babylon came up and Jehoiakim became his vassal for three years. That's because they took Egypt. Now, for three years, he's his servant. Then he turned, Jehoiakim, turned and rebelled against Babylon, against him. I didn't tell you. Jehoiakim means this. Jehovah will raise or raises up. Jehoiakim means Jehovah will raise. Now, don't, don't, don't miss that Babylon is rising. They come to power. They just took over. And Babylon is Babel. Babel and Babylon are the same words. They're used interchangeably in the Bible. So what are you talking about, Greg? The Tower of Babel. Remember our memory verse. We're going to do it next week, but it's uh, Proverbs 18.10. The name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous run into and are safe. And we need to be running into that name, that character, that nature, that authority, that will. Running to the name of Jesus. There's salvation in no other name. But many are running to the Tower of Babel, to Babylon rising. And they're believing the lies that are going on in our world. Instead of standing on a rock of God's word and understanding what God is doing, we're running to the Tower of Babel for our instructions. We're running to the world for our help. And it's going to end bad. Babylon is rising again because it's good old-fashioned Babel. And if you'll remember, Nimrod was not building a ziggurat in order to get to heaven. He wasn't building some structure so that he could make a name for himself. But he was actually building a structure that he wanted it to be up so high. See, he didn't know the promises of God. So he wanted it to be so high if God raised the water again and flooded the earth, he would be above it. So what he wants to do is get above God's judgment. Look at the world today. They don't believe God's going to judge. They think they can go on and do anything they want, anywhere they want, the, the way that they want. And they are taking over the authority. They're getting ready to take complete authority sovereignly. One world government is coming. You can believe it. And we're living in some amazing times. He rebelled against him. Notice that Jehoiakim, uh, what is Jehoiakim? Listen, Jehovah will raise. He raises up. Jehovah is the one raising up this judgment. We're going to be told it in the next line. His name was changed to Jehoiakim. Look, what happened when he rebelled? Are you rebelling against the authority in your life? Do you know who the authority is in your life? 
Do you know how to submit in a godly way to the authority of your life? Listen, these are important things because everything about salvation is about authority. And we give the authority to God, to his word, to what he's doing. And we need to be under authority. And if we're not under authority and we can't submit to the authority that we're under, we need to move ourselves from those places. It's so important that we understand that even if you're on a job and your boss is wrong, you should submit to his authority. It's okay to say, hey, boss, but you don't argue with him. You don't contend with him. You submit to the authority. God puts people in our lives that humbles us. God raises up that boss that humbles you. God raises up that incident that humbles you. God raises up that adversity in many cases that tests your heart and tries you and causes you to cry out to him. You don't fight against that boss. You say, Lord, where's the wisdom in this? What do I do in this? How do I live in this? How do I stand in this? How do I honor you in this? And then you wait for his answer. Look at this. He rebelled against him after three years of paying tribute. Remember, they were paying tribute. I know that that's in your, your subtitle, but you have to look back over in uh, uh, 2335 to really get it. So Jehoiakim gave the silver and the gold to Pharaoh, uh, but he taxed the land to give money according to the command of Pharaoh. Where's all of our money going in America? It's going to foreign lands because we are being taxed. It's being given because we're now vassals to other people for some reason. How come our dollar is becoming so weak? How come we're giving all of our money away? How come we're paying retirement funds uh, over in Ukraine? And we can't take care of our own people and our inflation's out of control. How come China's getting all of our money? God has raised this up. It's judgment. You, you, we're, we're not in a physical battle. We're in a spiritual battle. And people want to sit around and go, boy, if we took over the office again, and we get Donald Trump back in, if we get a president in that's a Republican, this, this country will thrive again. Are you crazy? Listen to me. It's not about who's in office. It's about who's on the throne of your heart. It's a spiritual battle to deceive the elect if it were possible. And how many people that are saying they're Christians are caught up in a physical fight that has nothing to do with the souls of people? What about the souls of people? What about the people you're offending with your physical fight? When God has raised up this adversity so that we will look to him, so that we will pray, so that we will tell people about the future of what's coming. We know what's coming. We know Jesus is coming. He's our hope. Not Donald Trump. Not any man. Look, verse 2, 24-2. You need help? Look at this judgment. And the Lord sent against him. Against who? Against Jehoiakim. God was raising this up. He sent against Jehoiakim raiding bands of Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, that's where Damascus is at, bands of Moabites, bands of the people of Ammon. He sent them against Judah to destroy it. You want to be found fighting against God? According to the word of the Lord, which he spoke 
by his servants, the prophets. Listen, God already spoke. You cannot, cannot live the way that we've been living in America and think that God's not going to raise up judgment. Let's just look, though. Because, you know, in this text, I'm going to show it to you here in a minute. It starts in verse 3. Six times. Six times we're told about God removing. He take, He is taken. He makes them prisoners. He carries them away in captivity and casts them out. Six times. And all of these words are going to be to pluck away, to take away, to cast away. God is the one that's going to remove even his own people before all this goes down. Let me get you to that. I, I jumped ahead of myself. Two, what does he raise up? Bands of Chaldean, raiding bands. It means a crowd of soldiers, company of troops. And it's interesting that it comes, uh, it means to cut a, a breach uh, in an enemy or from, the, from a word that means an incision or a cutting uh, used to, in a field to cut a pharaoh, a straight row of pharaohs so you can plant something. That, and so what, what's going on? The Chaldeans. Listen to me. This is very important stuff. The Chaldeans are clod breakers. Who cuts dirt? Clod breakers. The Chaldeans are plowing the ground. Now listen, this is, this is very important because this is your woke crowd. This is your woke crowd. The Chaldeans were considered the smartest people. The wisest people in the land. They're the ones plowing the field. They're the ones breaking up the clods. And they want us to follow them. But God is the one raised them up. God is the one that sent them. And they're under delusion. The CDC. The WHO. Uh, is it who it is? The WHO? World Health Organization? Who? Yes. Exactly. The Maybe Syrians. The Syrians uh, means exalted ones. Or exalted What's going on? People are being exalted. The wise people, the woke people that are so asleep. It's right in your face. Christ says, arise you who sleep. Raise from the dead and God, or Christ will give you light. And if you get light, if you believe in Jesus, he said, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. This is not our home. We're supposed to be walking circumspectly. That means as exactly as possible, as diligently as possible. God is raising up these clod breakers, these exalted ones, or the Moabites. It mean, Moabite means of his father. And, of course, the Moabites and the Ammonites. Uh, is, uh, Moab, or Ammonites means tribal or inbred. The Moabites and the Ammonites are both from Lot's incestuous relationship with his children, with his two daughters, after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, there's a lot to be learned from that. One thing that you want to learn from that is that the New Testament calls Lot righteous Lot. So, so just know that God forgives all sin. And know the second thing is, is if you go read that context of that, Lot was deceived by his daughters he never knew when he laid down or when he got up because they fed him and plied him with liquor they deceived him even but who caused it he's the one that let him live in Sodom and Gomorrah 
He's the one that let their hearts be trained by Sodom and Gomorrah and wasn't protecting them. He wanted to be known at the gates. He wanted to be part of the crowd. It's important for the text. We'll get to it here soon. But that's why we have to be very careful of how we're promoted by the world. Because, see, they sneak us in. They're coming to get the woke crowd. You're going to see in a minute what Babylon does. There's two different things going on. Assyria, you know what they did? They, they, they sent people back to interbreed and mix with to take over the land. But Babylon, you know what they do? You're going to see it. We've seen it with Daniel when they took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in this first group. They took all the wise, smart, and intelligent people. They took the best people, the talented people. And that's what Babylon's doing today. All the best people in the church that say, I'm a Christian, you know what they're sold out and in bondage to? The American dream, to the factories, to the CEOs. And, and oh, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I have to keep my job because I can't pay for my boat and my house. I'm now in bondage to Babylon. They stole us. They took us into bondage. Now, I, now listen, you got to be careful because somebody will go, well, Greg, the way you're preaching and what you're talking about, we can't do anything but stand still and wait for the rapture. Now, be careful where your heart is giving to because the devil is deceptive and Babylon is rising and Babylon is stealing everything and that's what they did here. They took all of the, the kings and, and they took the king and his wives and all the wise people and took them and put them in their offices, put them in their field and made them make their country great. But this ain't our home. We're supposed to be living for Jesus. We're supposed to be telling them about Him. We're supposed to be shining His light and making Him look famous and great, not our companies. I'm not telling you to never do a good job because if you're making Jesus look great, you'll be doing it unto the Lord. You'll make your company look good. But which side of that coin are you on? Are you in bondage to Babylon and you're going, running into the Tower of Babel? Or are you living in a relationship covenantly with Jesus, and because of his name, he's the tower you're running to. He's the one you're leaning on. He's where you get your strength from. We're not doing that scripture yet, so be still. Got to back up. Pull it down a notch. Listen, seriously. Seriously. The Babylonians, they sneak in stealthily. They take all the good stuff the riches, everything, and they take it back. That's the world. It's the Babylon rising. And it's still in all the resources of the church. And in fact, if you just go and look and watch and see what's been happening with the churches teaching CRT and Black Lives Matter, they're teaching all of this, 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 this stuff that's bondage. Because why? They've been taking money from the government. They've been getting promoted by the government. They've been believing the government. They've been going to the government schools. They've been, they're trapped in bondage. Instead of reading their Bible and living for Jesus, they want to be important and they want to sell books. They want to have their name dropped. Instead of running to the name that's a strong tower the righteous run into and are safe. I'm sorry, I'll get in trouble. And I'm not going to back off of preaching the truth of God's word. It's God who raised up these bands. It's God who brings the enemy. And it tests our hearts. It's God who was coming to destroy Judah. Wait a minute. God said that Judah was going to give birth to the Messiah. 
doesn't bother God a bit. He, he can put you over here. He can put you over there. He can take you all the way away to Babylon. And then he's still going to use you for his glory. The question is, are you going to be bound to him covenantly in, in, in betrothal or marriage? Or are you going to be bound to the bondage of the world? Which one is going to be pulling your chain? Which tower are you on? Are you trying to escape judgment? Or do you know that your judgment's already been taken by a great God who loves you? See, when you can rest like that, you don't have to disguise yourself. When you can rest and know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, you don't have to be silent. You can speak up. Do you understand what the Word of God is telling us? We're not victims here, people. We're overwhelmingly more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And we have the truth to share with people. And people sit around and they're following lies. And most of the church don't even know it. And they're building on sand. And they think they're building on a rock because some false teacher's teaching them sand. And all they have to do is pick up their Bible and say, Lord Jesus, I need help learning this. I want to hear from you because your sheep hear your voice. You know them and they follow you. So I want to hear from you. I don't want to hear from man. Especially not a man that's been trained by Babylon. Let's go out to the pastor, job. Yes. <laughs> that's why Moses left <laughs> Egypt. See, Moses was raised up in Pharaoh's household. Educated, trained, taught. And he thought he could go out and do whatever he wanted. Whatever he wanted. And he couldn't kill one soldier without all of Pharaoh's army coming down upon him. But when he got alone with God in the wilderness, God destroyed the entire nation just by obedience. Just lead the people out. Just tell them the truth. Just tell them what I've already said, Moses. And he told them. And they argued with him. They wrestled with him. And they said, Moses, why did you ever do this? Now the burden is harder. And he just kept saying, Pharaoh, let my people go. He just kept declaring that God was coming to rescue. And guess what happened? God did what he said he was going to do. He had already told him that with an outstretched arm, he would come and get them. Just go tell them, Moses. And that's the same thing he wants us to do. But now we've already been set free. If you believe in the cross, if you believe in the blood of Jesus, if you believe that he died and rose again, he just tells us to go tell people that there's hope in the name of Jesus. He's a strong tower that the righteous run into, and they're safe. Not because of us, but because we made that choice to run to him. To run to him. Where are you running to? What tower? There's only two of them. The name of the Lord and the Tower of Babel. There's only two towers. Oh, it might look like there's a bunch of other ones, but there's only two. God is raising them up. The Lord sent them. Do not miss that. Don't look, on, don't look on the nightly news, which is all bad news. We're looking at good news, the gospel. Don't look on the nightly news. And when they say Russia, 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 when they say China, 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 when they say Iran, listen, don't listen to what they're saying. If those people are 
rattling sabers and rising up. God is sending them. Because they can't do nothing unless God allows it. Like the rivers of water, he controls every man's heart. They can't do anything without God allowing it and sending them to do what they're doing. And we've been told this over and over and over. Verse 3, surely, my goodness, who thought you could do this whole chapter? Surely at the commandment of the Lord, this came upon Judah. Do you see that? Surely at the commandment of the Lord, that's Jehovah, the self-existing one. He appointed it. He is bringing it. That's what the word sent means. Against, I looked up against too. Um, where is against? Oh, verse 2, sent against. Guess what it is? It's the first letter of the Greek alphabet, alpha. Who's the alpha and the omega? This sentence is so powerfully strong. It's all from the Lord. It says it in the alphabet. It says it in the against. Every bit of it. Every bit of it. You can't disguise it. God is doing it. God's bringing judgment against his people. Will he judge Babylon? Oh, you believe he will. But he always raises up a more wicked nation to chastise his own people. And his own people need to cry out. Surely at the commandment of the Lord this came upon Judah to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh according to all that he done. Remember, Manasseh was um, Hezekiah's son, Joash's dad, and Hezekiah was going to die. He had a boil. And the prophet told him, you're going to die. Get your, stuff, get your stuff in order. And you know what he did? In his pride, he turned his face to the wall, and he said, God, look at all this stuff I've done for you, and you're going to let me die now? I did this and this, and he had all these reforms. And God said, okay, I'll give you 15 more years. <clears throat> Be careful what you ask for, because in those 15 years, he raised up the worst king ever to live, Manasseh. Now, Manasseh repented at the end of his life, and you'll probably see him in heaven. But for a long time, he was the worst king ever, ever, ever. And then Josiah comes, the grandchild of, of Hezekiah, and he was the greatest king ever. Better than Solomon, better than David, the Bible tells us right there in uh, 23, 25. Now before him, there was no king like him who turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his might, according to the law of Moses, nor after him did any arise like him. So we're told clearly in the testimony that Josiah, who became king at eight, a new beginning, and then found the book of the law, had revival, began reforms, began obeying. This is what salvation looks like. With a new beginning, you begin to read the word of God. I don't understand it. You don't have to understand it. Read it. It's an act of your will that I'm going to surrender, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to me. He promises it. Good medicine. He's going to remove them because of Manasseh, according to all that Manasseh had done. Verse 4, what has he done? And also because of the innocent blood 
that he shed, for he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Would not pardon. Wonder what the innocent blood was. Children. Children sacrificed at the hands of Baal. And look at America, not just aborting and killing children, not just paying for the whole world to abort and kill children, but now, even though God made them male and female, we're going to mutilate them. We're going to give them drugs, pharmacy, sorcery, to change them, to forever mutilate them, so they'll be so confused, they may never come to Jesus so destroyed from childhood. And that shouldn't surprise us because Babylon means confusion by mixing. Let's just mix it all up. That's what the devil wants to do. And so God says, even the tribe of Judah, he's not going to pardon the innocent blood. And you know, there's some other innocent blood that's being destroyed in the church today. The blood of Jesus. We're teaching new gospels. Instead of the Bible, we're teaching all you have to do is believe. No, the Bible doesn't say that. It says believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. That means trust that Jesus is Lord. Well, what did Lord Jesus say? He said, repent. For the kingdom of God is at hand. And the kingdom of God is within you. If the spirit of God lives in you, if the king lives in you, then you're in the kingdom. And if you're in the kingdom, how, how do you know he's the king? Because you obey him. He's not your king if you're ignoring him. Now, I'm not telling you you have to be perfect at obeying him, but you should be trying. You should be saying, Lord, why do I keep doing this and mourning over your sin? Mourn over it and say, you're the king. You're the king. I don't want to be part of innocent blood being shed. I want you to be my king. And listen, you can go read it later. Romans 1.32 says, if you're not contending with it, if you're not speaking up about it, you're approving of it. When you're silent, you're approving of what they're doing. But see, the woke crowd, the cancel culture, oh, death culture, they want to silence us. They want us to shut up. How do I know? Well, they just, you, they'll just they just take you off the internet if you say something wrong. That means you're silenced. That means you don't have a voice. They'll just fire you from your job if you speak up. That means you're silenced. That's because you're not part of Babylon. And Babylon is rising. It's been rising since the garden. It's been coming. The confusion comes when you throw a lie in. When you speak a lie against God's truth, it automatically creates confusion. You know where I get confused at? When I go to the deodorant aisle. Don't you get confused? I'm like, no, no, I just want one deodorant, not 47 of them. But now when you have choices, it's easy to be confused. Which one did my wife say to get? Which one am I supposed to get? My wife loved that joke. I'd say, honey, she'd tell, text me to get some dish soap, right of dish soap, and yes. I'd go, well, which one, which one do I get? She'd go, I don't care whichever flavor you like. That was her favorite joke because she would, if I wouldn't behave, she'd say she put dish soap in my food. Now, she would never do that. 
he who sits on the pot said, make a little light here, but the innocent blood will not be pardoned. And this country is not going to be pardoned. God does not wink at sin. Do you guys know that? God does not wink at sin. God came down and died for sin. He didn't wink at it. It cost him his son, his only begotten son. And that blood was pure and innocent. And when we wink at sin as a church, as a people, as a gospel, the good news, and we tell people all you got to do is believe and gather, and we don't tell them to repent of Babylon, to repent of the lie, then we're shedding innocent blood also. The blood of Jesus. We're re-crucifying the Lord of glory. The innocent blood. Sin we do that. Our sin has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. And this is not, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. It's not about the condemnation. The judgment he took freely because he loves us. But if we believe that, then our lives should be changed by the good news of the gospel. Here we go. Let's keep moving. Verse 5. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of Kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers. Then Jehoiachin, his son, reigned in his place. Listen, he rebelled. So he died. Rebellion brings death. We're supposed to be coming back underneath authority. God is the one raised up the attacks when he rebelled and didn't come underneath authority. And he'll do it in our lives. And we should repent and turn and seek to be at peace with all men as far as we are able. Very difficult. That's a very difficult text to listen to. Verse 7. Verse 6, he rested. Verse 7 and the king of Egypt did not come out of his land anymore, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates. I think that's everywhere. I think that's the whole world. That one world government is going to rule over everything. See, Egypt used to be a type of the world. Pharaoh Necho was a type of the devil. And now Babylon is coming up, and he's going to rule all of that. And he's going to look like he's doing good, because as soon as he starts yelling peace and safety, sudden destruction is going to come. But first, he has to create the chaos. He's creating right now all the chaos, where everybody looks like it's chaos, and then up will come the Antichrist. He'll be the Savior. He'll be the one that's going to make everything good, because it's going to be everywhere. And Egypt's not going to come out anymore. The world is not going to be the world. Listen to me. Wake up to what's going on. We're being set up for these lying signs and wonders. We're being set up for a Savior to come. And we're going to say, Yay! Barabbas! And choose the wrong son of the Father if we're not careful. Which tower are you running to? Which name are you believing in? Whose authority are you under? Jehoiachin was 18 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta. You guys remember who that is? Nehushta. 
was the bronze stain that was lifted up by Moses in the wilderness. That if they looked at that serpent, that is now the symbol for medicine and pharmacy, the bronze stain, bronze or brass, always speaks of judgment. His mother's name was Judgment, the daughter of El Nathan of Jerusalem. Really? Really? We're under judgment, people. That's what we're talking about here. I'm looking. From bronze or brass or fetters of brass. El Nathan, God has given. God is a giver. Nehushta, the daughter of judgment God has given. Look at this. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father had done. Remember that was our memory verse. This is the epitaph of those who are not listening to God. Evil, bad, calamity, grief, wickedness, wretchedness. Verse 10. At that time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar Nebo is fire, prince of fire, king of Babylon, confusion, came up against Jerusalem, teaching peace, and the city was besieged. A place guarded. Watch, they're starving the city. Listen, it's going on right now again. That's what besieged me. They surround the city. They starve the city. No food lines can get in. Because you can control people when you take over the food. They besieged the city. Remind you of anything going on today. And Nebo, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city as his servants, these are his vassals, were besieging it. So here he comes with power. He comes with force. Then Jehoiachin, king of Judah, his mother, his servants, his princes, his officers went out to the king of Babylon and the king of Babylon in the eighth year there's a new beginning of his reign took him prisoner they're all in bondage now all the royals all the leaders all the people that they're in bondage eighth year of Babylon rising a new beginning um, and that's what's going to happen as they besiege the city It'll be a new beginning. They're getting ready to do it, a restart. And he carried out from there all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. And he cut it in pieces all and he cut in pieces all the articles of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord said. Remember 2 Kings 2017? Hezekiah. After he was given all that time, and, and, and Egypt said, or, or Babylon came down with messengers and said, Wow, you were healed. He took credit for it. Listen, don't take credit for your healing, for your salvation, or you'll raise up Manassas. Don't take credit for your salvation. Give it the glory to God, or you'll raise up Manassas in your life. When you give glory to God, you'll train your children to the glory of God. You'll make sure people know the glory of God, and you'll share the glory of God. 
Hezekiah took credit and acted like it was because he was somebody that God healed him. We're nothing. We're not being healed and saved in salvation because of who we are. It's because of who he is. And so what happened? The prophet came and said, what did you do? And he said, I showed him everything. And he said, the day will come when everything that you have will be carried away to Babylon. When we don't give God the glory, everything that we have gets carried away to Babylon. Listen to me. It's confusion by mixing. That's what goes on with strong delusion. We need to know that we stand with God. And the only reason we stand is because the grace of God. It's not anything that we have done. It's, it, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them. Walk in what he's called us to do as we hear his voice and he knows us and we follow him and we have this relationship. But this was prophesied. This was told. This is all the way through the Bible. You reap what you sow. Notice they took the best of the people. 14. And he carried into captivity. Another one of those words, captivity. Carried away, captive, removing, exile. Let me correct what I said earlier. I said it was a type of rapture. It's the opposite of rapture. It becomes bondage and deception. And six times it's here, taking them away into captivity, into Babylon by deception. Six times the number of man. Let me give them to you really quick. Um, three is remove. And it means to turn off, to behead, to pluck away, to take away. Remove the first time. The second time is taken. It means to carry away, to fetch, to seize. The third time it's used is a prisoners, or uh, King James says took him. It means to seize, to enfold, to carry away. The fourth time, 13, is carried. It means to bring out, to carry out, to fetch forth, to pluck out. The fifth time is captivity. It means to carry it away, captive, uh, uh, exile. And the six times is going to be in verse 20, cast them out. It means to hurl, to throne, to be a castaway. This is the deception that's coming, the apostasy that's coming, or is now here, I should say. So in 14, he says, also he carried into captivity all Jerusalem. All the captains, all the mighty men of valor, 10,000 captives, all the craftsmen and smiths, none remained except the poorest people in the land. Listen. Poorest. I, I'm, I'm poor. I don't have anything except Jesus. This is not my home. My riches are in heaven. I don't claim nothing down here. You can have it all. And now that my wife's gone, I literally, literally mean that. I will protect my family, but you can have it all. Don't need it. Didn't need it before. But I was taking care of my bride. So 
sorry. I need to be careful what I say. What is it? What does he say in the Beatitudes? Blessed is the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. Is that what he says? Somebody get that for me. I'll keep moving. You let us know. We'll correct it if it's wrong. 15. And he carried Jehoiachin captive to Babylon. The king's mother, the king's wives, his officers, the mighty of the land carried into captivity. This word's in here a ton of times. From Jerusalem to Babylon. All, how much is all? The valiant men, 7,000, and craftsmen, smiths, 1,000, all who were strong and fit for war, these the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon. Judgment of God. The judgment of God. Babylon is still taking the strong, the skilled. It's still taking them. We're still trying to follow their, their, their plan to deceive us. <clears throat> 17. Then the king of Babylon made Mataniah, Jehoiachin's uncle, king in his place and changed his name to Zedekiah. Now, Mataniah means gift of Jehovah. Zedekiah means Jehovah is righteousness. Now, isn't that interesting that the enemy would take somebody who is named gift of Jehovah and the enemy would still name him with a righteous name. The enemy still gives him a name of Zedekiah which means Jehovah is righteous. Right of Jah. Or Yah. So he is actually um, king in his place. Uh, let's look. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatul, the daughter of Jeremiah of Libna. Now you notice that Jeremiah actually means uh, Yah will rise, or whom Yah has appointed. But Hamatol, just like in verse 31, um, Jehoaz, that was his mom. So Mataniah or Zedekiah is his brother. It's the uncle of Jehoiachin who becomes king. Babylon makes him king, puts the uncle back in instead of a son, puts somebody back in that they can control. Did you find that? What was it? Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Babylon wants the leaders. Babylon wants to come and get the great men, the skilled. It's okay to be poor in spirit. It's okay not to own anything down here. It really is. As long as you know who owns you and that you were bought with the precious blood of Jesus.